episode number 26, The Bellows, Friendship is Magic. All right, cut to edge of stage. Great. All right, color frost. Check. One, two, three. Check. Stand by, please. Touch to half. House out. Lighting cues one through ten. And welcome back to a special episode of The Title Block. I'm your host, Michael Cruz. On this episode, we have another installment of The Bellows, a monthly informal discussion about working in technical theater. This panel is called Friendship is Magic and features carpenter Kevin Hudson, our moderator, joining writer-director Kat Sandler, technical director Dean Johnson, independent producer Ashlyn Rose, technician and stage manager Pip Bradford, and designer and technician Rebecca Vandevale discussing how to work with your friends while remaining a professional, not the easiest of things from time to time. It was recorded live at Theatre Pass Marais on January 18th, 2015. The first 10 minutes of the introductions was lost because someone forgot to hit record. That was me. It happens. Uh, The audio starts here. We pick it up with Rebecca Vandervelt introducing herself, so uh, you didn't miss much. You can find more complete bios at thetitleblock.com. As well, the audio has been panned in order to facilitate the identification of the speaker with the audio field being laid out as they are presented. Uh, from left to right, we have Kevin, Kat, who joins us a bit later in the, uh, in the discussion, Dean, Ashlyn, Pip, and Rebecca. Also remember that these live recordings do cost a small amount of money in mic rentals and such, so your support would be helpful. Go to patreon.com forward slash the title blog podcast to help support the show. And remember, uh, we just recorded another one of these on February the uh, 22nd, I believe, uh, or February 18th of this month uh, about uh, why you need a production manager. So I'll be getting that one out as soon as I can. And every month we do broadcast these live on Periscope. So make sure to check the show notes and the Facebook page and Twitter uh, for when that next uh, next broadcast is going to happen. So now, without any further ado, here is our discussion about Friendship is Magic. That's right. Uh, hi, I'm Rebecca Vandeveld. I'm a freelance production manager, designer, blah, 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 installation and performance artist uh, with Artist Hard Productions, uh, and now children's theater director and playwright with uh, Cowboy Moon Children's Theater. Every um, one of those things we named are just things that we do together. <laughs> so we'll talk about a lot about those. Uh, and I've never really had to measure my time in first show or number of shows, because right. I'm always working on a lot of projects at once. So I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Amazing. I just do it all the time. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, as discussed, tonight's panel is about nepotism. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> which we all trade in. So when you're working about town, would you say you always work with friends? Sometimes work with friends? Mostly work with friends? Or just avoid them entirely. Like me, do you have no friends? <laughs> well, that, that's a, that came up when I said at the theater center that I was doing this panel. It got a lot of people wondering if they actually have any friends or if everybody's actually <laughs> it's just, professionally. just a colleague. Yeah. Uh, and so I decided maybe I just have a playwright who lives in my apartment with me uh, who's not actually like a husband but just is the... You know, producer playwright relationship <laughs> yeah. or something. Um, uh, Franco was quite, uh, he, I think he became quite concerned that maybe he had no friends. Uh, but yeah, I think it, the lines become always blurred. Yeah. Um, but I think, 
uh, well, I think we come, become pretty stale if we only ever work with the people that we know. My hope is uh, not only as we um, are working on a show, but thinking about creating work that we're also, oh, I can now see you. That's great. That's um, that uh, we're also seeing a ton of work. And it's often when we're seeing a ton of work, we are observing work um, and receiving work uh, that has people involved that we haven't uh, heard of before. Uh, and we start developing uh, little crushes on people that we haven't met before, mm-hmm. and then finally get up the courage to say, I'd really like to work with you. Um, and so I think that's a really integral, uh, and I think it's really integral to our development as artists, creators, producers, designers, uh, uh, stage managers, all of that, to always be looking for the people that we should also be working with. For sure, mm-hmm. for sure. That was nicely put. Yeah, that's like exactly what I wanted to say. <laughs> all right, well, thank you all for coming. <laughs> now we need to think of new things to say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I would say that one of the, I had an experience recently, I, like I would identify as usually working with my friends. Like usually the people I work with are people I have worked with before. Um, and I mean, when you say friend, like that's a really loose uh, sort of term. I mean, there's friendship like the way that like Rebecca and I are friends, where we see each other all the time and we work together a lot, but we also have a relationship that goes outside of the work that we do. Um, and then there are people who I'm like, oh, I like you, and we go for beers after we do calls, or like I know that we want to go for lunch, or I want to do this, or I want to do that. Um, and I had a really great experience recently where I was working on, I ended up working on like the biggest show I've worked on professionally in a long time, uh, Ross Petty's Pantomime. And the nice thing about it was it was like a 10 to 6 job, and I did it, and then I went home, and no one friended me on Facebook, <laughs> and no one uh, was, like, asking me to hang out with them all the time, and it was just so nice to have people that you had a very pleasant, wonderful, professional working experience with, but at the same time, it wasn't, it, th- that social pressure just wasn't there. For sure. Uh, and that was really lovely. And I can't wait to do it again. Absolutely. Well, I was going to bring that up. I mean, do you prefer always working with friends in a way, or do you like the sort of professional distance when you're, or is it just about the environment for you? I think it's about the environment. And I think it's good to have a a give and a take. Mm -hmm. Um, Like some some situations, I really want to work with my friends all the time. I mean, and then there are some situations where I'm like, no, please. And especially in a really big show, I think that like working with people that you don't know as well really lends uh, a certain... Yeah, there's a certain distance and there's a certain sort of uh, respect for each other and respect for your roles that isn't, I don't want to say absent from working with your friends because hopefully your friends respect you, but um, everything becomes a little bit more loosey-goosey and you feel better making much bigger asks than you would just people. Yeah, I find for myself I'm really reluctant to befriend people that I've just started working with just because I want to try and maintain that professionalism. But as it becomes clear that we get along and we like working together, the relationship becomes a bit more casual. For sure. But at the same time, like, I I still enjoy working with very close friends right from the get-go. It's just a different sort of work. Especially uh, doing the kind of work where I do creative work and production work. Um, When I'm engaged as a production person, I assume that it's not on a friendship basis and that I'm there to lift heavy things, have good ideas... And, and do what I'm asked to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, the more I work with different people, different companies, uh, the more casual the relationship becomes, where I'm still trying to maintain a level of professionalism, but yeah. uh, the work environment becomes more of a casual place. Right, right, right. And how do you strike a balance between every time you talk effectively being a production meeting and 
still being friends? Like, how does that... <laughs> There's no way to do that. Okay, <laughs> that's, just, that's just doom? Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think we have ever managed to go for a drink together and not have it turn into a production meeting. Right. Once ever. I broke up with someone. Oh, yeah, and then we talked about And then guy. we just talked about him. Yeah, but that's about Fair it. Enough. That's about it. But can, I guess you can also, I, I mean, I think how I, we've tried, I've tried to do it in the past is is to get the business out of the way, the first, like, right, 30 right, minutes right. that you meet, and then, mm-hmm. um, the and, then and then put it away. I mean, it'll yeah. keep coming up, but uh, yeah. I think it's, you know, get the business bit done first. Oh, yeah. Right on. Yeah. So it, with coordination, further coordination. Yes. Efficiency. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with always work with friends because uh when i when i start every working relationship it always starts amicably because working in theater we're all social creatures to a degree at the very yeah. least we're not in a dark room uh painting by ourselves not too uh well, except for all the painters except for all the painters. hopefully they've got a stereo and, or, None and one or are two here because they're painting friends. yes i like for it to start off very friendly and then we can decide later if we don't like each other yeah fair enough yeah 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 totally yeah i mean when i started working here it was 2006 or 2005 or whatever and we would finish the day downstairs and come up here to the bar Mm-hmm. And then the painter would roll in, and we'd shout at her while we drank. So, <laughs> remarkably, we are still friends with that painter. Good, good. Pretty, yeah, totally. Uh, what about? I've been. I'm definitely just dying to ask this. What about nemeses? Do you have? A, do you have nemeses who you work with, or <laughs> who you will not work with? There is no need to name names, but please do. I'm joking. You don't need to. But it's would be awesome. I have turned down contracts because there's someone that I yeah. know that I do not get along with and I don't want to work with. Right. Even if I really should have taken that contract. <laughs> just because you need the coin, but you just can't bring yeah. yourself to. Oh, yeah. it's n- it's never worth the money. Mm. It's if it's someone who sucks all of the joy out of the work, it is never worth the money. Mm. No, hmm. I I have I have a, a very short list of names. Interesting. Uh, that that I will not work with. Now, awkwardly, you and I have only ever worked together once. (laughs) 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 It just got real. real. Uh, I wouldn't say nemesis, but uh, I have had friendships ruined on on projects for sure. And I think it comes to what for me is the the biggest uh, pitfall or challenge of working with friends, which I absolutely love and would like to play every day. But uh, I find sometimes when you, you work with friends because you're, you're chummy and you all care about the art, there's just that drive to, to keep giving. And there are some people who choose not to give equally and encourage right. you to give till it bleeds. Right, and, right, right, right. And that's, that's where I've seen friendships ruined for so sure. So artistic differences primarily or just like the differences in commitment to a differences project? Differences in commitment more right. than artistic differences for sure. I can get over artistic differences because everyone has different opinions and that for sure. to me doesn't say anything about you personally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, because mm-hmm. I think work ethic is it completely essential to yourself as a being. Totally. Uh, as soon as I question your work ethic, I question you as a person, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I'm really glad we still work together. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So how do you protect yourself? Because certainly there are arrangements when you're working with your friends. You hire your friend for a small part of a project. How do you protect 
that friendship when the balance in a project is so unequal. Like if you have a your own oeuvre, your your dream project, mm-hmm. and you bring in some friends, like how do you protect them or how do they protect themselves in that in that instance? I think it comes mm-hmm. down to, to choosing the right friends on the right projects and, and really you have to, to keep it in check yourself because right. it, Having a friendship spoiled is just as much your own fault for uh, for choosing to give one other when another person isn't as committed into a project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, communication and expectations. Mm. Yeah, um, great one. Yeah, yeah really. Uh, and and also, I mean, there are a number of projects that we've discussed doing together um, that uh, Rebecca has just completely kiboshed. Um, it's true. I'm a fun ruiner. Someone Amazing. won't let me have a slumber party at the Fringe Club for the entirety of the Fringe. And yet you still somehow managed to find a way to make it work for probably one night. We're going to have a night of it. It's so great. Um, but oh yeah, and, and I think it's just like uh, whenever, whenever we come up with an idea that one of the other of us does not particularly care for, uh, we just have to really talk it out. And usually if you can say why you don't like it, then... You know, it's not like either of us wants to rain on the other's parade. Yeah, no. I, I'm speaking for both of us right now. I really <laughs> hope you're enjoying that. No. <laughs> and uh, I think the really helpful thing, especially when I'm working with Pip, and but also when I'm working with other friends, is yeah. that uh, we establish the boundaries of our working relationship for every new project. Mm-hmm. And especially when we're working contract to contract, like it's not like we both work long-term for the same company and the mm-hmm. relationship is the same all the time. We have mm-hmm. the opportunity to renegotiate those boundaries and renegotiate that relationship every time we work together. Yeah. Uh, in our professional practice, uh, like working freelance out in the world and producing art together. Cool. So that's really helped to be able to have that conversation refreshed and renewed and revisited every time. Mm-hmm. Now, did you find that easy off the bat when you started working together or did that take time to develop that kind of uh, well, communication and Well, we didn't start uh, co-producing installation art until about two years ago, but we had been working together professionally for many years. Come on down. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come on Yes. Sorry, guys. I just need you to be quiet for a second. Michael needs something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, did we bang on the table? Sorry. 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 Welcome. So you. So we're going to get you to introduce yourself in a second. Yeah. What were we even saying? Cat Sandler just ruined my thinking. That we before we started producing art together producing art together mm-hmm. uh, before we started <laughs> doing ridiculous shit at the fringe together yeah uh, we also like Pip got me hired at the Tarragon and I was a member of her crew and has hired me as a driver on a project I've hired her as crew and hired her to, as you just like, had someone hire me as a production manager for a show you're designing <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which so is like, like why <laughs> the, the spectrum of circumstances that we work together <laughs> allows the opportunity to completely renegotiate that relationship every yeah. contract right which is good. So you knew each other for long enough that it was never an issue. You just knew each other professionally well enough to and, be able to define yeah. that. And I would say we have gotten better at it. Yeah, it's definitely something we have to work at. Yeah. Like it's a, a an effort to say to not that it's not that it's difficult to work with you, uh, <laughs> but that it's something that you you have to you have to actually try. You can't. Nothing just magically clicks. It's like, been a long time since we had a conversation that ended in me just going, "But why? <laughs> but why?" Like, for like five minutes. So you amazing. know, 
we're killing we'll it. Tell her to stop being whiny, and then, <laughs> yeah. and then we'll move on. But, that, but that's important yeah. to have that if you're working with friends to be able to say stop being whiny. Yeah, like you have to have that ability mm-hmm. to be honest and brutal and and actually say what you're thinking instead of taking it home and punching your pillow. Uh, I think it's... I that think is it's my preferred <laughs> method, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this just in, breaking news, on my left. Who I'm are sorry. you and what do you do? Uh, my name is Kat Sandler. I am a writer and director in the city, and I'm the artistic director of Theatre Brouhaha. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, and just because you're doing a show at my theater right now, yeah. do you want to tell us about that? Uh, yeah, I'm doing uh, Mustard at the Tarragon Theatre. We open the 10th. The 10th. <laughs> That's when we open. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and it's a play about imaginary friends that yeah. say fuck a lot. Awesome. Yeah. And I've built most of the set already. It's awesome. So we should be okay. Yeah. 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 That's cool. That's my plug. Uh, and uh, as we just discussed, tonight's panel is about nepotism, or how to work with your friends <laughs> and stay friends. Real um, ones and imaginary ones. Absolutely. Oh, good. They have absolutely. a lot of both. Uh, so changing tact, uh, a lot of the audience here is from Humber. Thank you so much for coming. Um, and, uh, I know my first gig in the city was here, and I was hired by a friend of mine from school. Do mm-hmm. any of you still work from your friends from school? Work with your friends from school? Are any of them even still in the city? Did any of you go yeah. to school? <laughs> I can throw it out there. I did not go to theater school. Yeah. But... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I did do shows in school, so I get a little bit of a chance. Uh, and one of the only people from school uh, that I still work with is Lisa, who's in the audience. Uh, <laughs> Lisa built the set for my thesis project, even though I was taking a liberal arts degree. They still let me do a show Amazing. for credit. Um, and Dean went to Glendon as well, which is also not a theater school. Um, but It's nice, though. <laughs> but, like, this is, Aww. it is just, like, within the last year or so that that's ever even come up. Otherwise, right. like, my, my university friends are people who, like, work for the government. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I started Bruja with someone that I went to school with. Yeah. And then he did, a, did a, a course at U of T. He did his master's there. And we stole a producer from his master's course. Amazing. And then when we started working with people like Dean and Lindsay, it was all those people that had gone to school together. So I find yeah, school, okay. and a lot of our actors are from George Brown, and I met them yeah. through each other. So I Fair think enough. school groups are super mm-hmm. useful. Definitely. I went to school in Montreal and uh, and theater school, and yeah. um, so no, none of them are really here. I mean, there are a few people that I met at school that I was friends with at school, um, not in the same program or the same class necessarily, who are working in the industry in Toronto, but, um, um, like Andrew Lamb, who runs Rosneath, uh, Mm -hmm. he and I, he was in, we were in different, um, theater departments, but we were RAs together, residence assistants. We were floor partners (laughs) in our residence. Yeah. Now, would you consider working with him again or do you know too much at this point? Uh, (laughs) no, uh, Andrew's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He's Mm -hmm. actually awesome. I love me, Andrew Lamb, yeah. Yeah. Because he used to go to the yes, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. My nemesis and I went to school together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Well, that's uh, like your current theater nemesis now? My current theater nemesis now. You missed the nemesis question. Do you have a nemesis? Yeah, Ashley Britton. Wow. You just went there. Is this live stream? Yeah, we're live streaming. not really my nemesis. That was like my like childhood nemesis. Not I have nothing to do with this conversation. I think she might be in theater, though, so I'm just kidding. 
immediately. I'm going to get murdered when I go home. <laughs> Actually, um, I don't work with any of the people I went to school with, but uh, Locke Ma is the head of props at YPT, and Andrew Rafuse is the head carpenter at a theater out in Calgary, and Jordan deals cocaine, so we don't really know what happened to Jordan. But He's probably doing pretty well. He's probably doing pretty okay. <laughs> okay. That's our whole graduating class. I, yeah, that's session, my entire so graduating class. Like, I went to Dalhousie, and uh, there were only four of us. And uh, yeah, last time I ran into Jordan, I was on a streetcar, and he was like blinging it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a recession, so he's definitely doing. Yeah, it. so just, oh, I actually do work for Jordan. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. <laughs> no, so, no, no. That's, uh, those that's of you message. who do work with your friends very often, is there a unique? Um, Revenue model you use with friends? Is there, how do you, how do you, I, I know it's a sensitive question, but how do you uh, let money delicately float around your friendship? I, I actually wouldn't mind talking about uh, working with, uh, so Michael Wheeler and I have run Praxis together for the last several years. Mm-hmm. Um, he pr- uh, founded uh, with Simon Rice, a, a friend of his who we went to school with. Um, uh, or actually, I don't think they went to school together. It doesn't matter. They founded Praxis Theater um, several years ago. And then uh, 2010, I came in as artistic producer. And then Mike and I carried on together. And so that I would say uh, we didn't start as friends. We came in as, as peers who were interested in working with each other and then developed a friendship out of it. But one of the things I've always... Um, I'm always really enjoyed is that we've always worked as partners, even like as we became more and more friends. Uh, And whenever there was a project that we either had funding or didn't have funding for, uh, he refused to ever be paid more than me on any project that we were working on. So if he was directing a project that I was producing or uh, whatever our various roles were on that, where if I was I was building the budget and would say, well, there's not enough for a, a producer fee, but there definitely should be a director fee, then he would say, well, then cut my director fee in half and that's our fee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... Uh, I have a lot of respect for that uh, because I'm the first person who will cut my fee to, um, you know, to uh, to make sure that everyone else is getting like a, a good, a, a fair share. Uh, and I think uh, that says that he's actually also willing to do the same thing. Right. Uh, and I think that's really, I think that's really important. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I I would say friends ideally don't make friends work for free, but. Yeah. When they're really, really good friends, there's uh, an equation about how many how many days you've been friends versus uh, how many beers they're going to owe you after you, they've made you uh, work for free. I for think sure. it really depends on what you're doing. Like when yeah. I first started out, someone said, you're going to get better work from anyone, your friend, someone you know, if you are paying them something. Yeah. Yeah. So from the very for first sure. show we ever did, we said, we don't know... We don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. We were idiots and we rented the factory backspace, like first show yeah, at the that, gate, that right makes out of you school. Foolish, yeah? But we broke even. But we said no wow, matter what done. happens, no matter what happens, we will give everyone involved one hundred dollars. So there were fourteen people involved. We were like, we will get give everyone a hundred dollars. And regardless of if we lose our, the shirts off our back, and and that it, it's something. It's not yeah, like it's sure. not a we'll have a sleepover mm-hmm. or like yeah. we'll play bop it. Like it's it's yeah. a real. <laughs> it's like our tangible thing, and we signed like sure. shitty little contracts and yeah. and it meant mm-hmm. something and mm-hmm. now we still like and even if even if it's not someone that's in it like when we do builds we'd always say okay well at least we'll we'll spend 200 bucks on beer and pizza and mm-hmm. have a party totally for like we'll pay you but your friends that i don't know i don't have to like you bring them in <laughs> and they get beer and pizza <laughs> right, right, right. 
Yeah, I've definitely worked for like a six pack an hour. That sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Definitely That's like, like wage. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was great. Although, yeah. like hundreds of times we tried to work together, you won't hire me because you can't pay me. I know because like, like yeah. it depends on when you meet someone. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because to me, Pip, like I like I can't be like you can't work you like to Pip. I I see her as because I met her on shows where we were both paid. Yeah. I'm like, well, I can't not I can't pay you beer now. Whereas, <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Now I'll pay you. Please. Okay, you. <laughs> Please. I'm going to have one less friend after this. Wow. <laughs> wow. Friends made and lost. Working with former friends. Yeah. 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 Next panel. Yeah. yeah, totally. I think there's a, there's, a, it's worth making a difference between asking a friend to work for free and at calling in a favor. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're, we're all going to keep dealing in favors. I'm going to say, uh, I know we said we were going to hang out and watch Game of Thrones tonight, but actually, I need we're going to, to write a grant. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, oh, that's a shit train. <laughs> all, all the time. <laughs> no, uh, I still although, haven't seen all of Game of Thrones. <laughs> It works really well if I say, I'm really sorry that we can't go see a show tonight or go to the movies, but I do need to go to Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> and I need someone to help me carry things. I like Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> For example. But, like, you're, gonna, oh, you're always going to need to call in favors, especially for from sure. your friends, because they're the people who will forgive you for mm. needing to do a thing this time. Yeah. But there's a difference between that and asking your friends to work for free. Mm-hmm. And it's then, also yeah. being really just, this is such a kettle, like a kettle of worms? Fish. 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 Can of worms. Can, yeah. um, yes. Yes. Because money and friends are, is what is the shitty fucking bullshit thing all the time. I can, I'm sorry. I don't know. No. Yeah, you can. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Yeah. 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 But it's, what I'm learning well, now yeah. is you have to be so clear up front about what it is mm-hmm. rather than at the end when either you've made money or lost money yeah. Like, if you're working on a profit share, obviously, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. equity stuff is all up front, but yeah. uh, then no one gets angry. But mm-hmm. the, the flip side to that is when you say yes. Yeah. If you are asked a thing mm-hmm. that is a bit of a favor or maybe it's a half-paid, half-favor, whatever it is, and you're saying yes to that to a friend or actually to mm-hmm. anyone is also being then clear in what you're actually able to accomplish. Yeah, totally. So, so right. not saying, yep, I'm your I'm your guy for that, yeah. and then doing a really shit job because you don't actually have the time to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because other stuff is paying you yeah. fully. Yeah. Or, or not even, like you've just taken on too many yeah. shit things that aren't paying you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and because you've fallen in love with every one of them. You, the, these, these times do happen. Totally. Um, but to say, you know what, I can do this part of that thing. And I have a friend who's looking for a little more experience who might be willing to take on this other mm-hmm. part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, it, so it's not just being clear in what you expect of the person that you're asking to do a thing. It's also when you're saying yes to say, this is what I'm capable of. Do you want it? Mm-hmm. And if not, you should ask somebody else. I've, I've often said no. Uh, I would do a really bad job at that. So p- don't. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We like to be really upfront uh, when we ask people to work for free. Like Rebecca and I, uh, when we do our projects, our projects often re- like require a lot of different hands. Uh, for reference, uh, most recently we've done a couple of interactive art projects, including Flip the Table uh, at the Toronto Fringe Festival. Which was a blast. Yeah. Which so good. Everyone loved. <laughs> actually, like, oh my God, I have to tell you about your flip later. We actually wrecked something that we weren't supposed to wreck. Like, <laughs> No, the no. phone. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the phone. And, um, but like, we were crying on a lot of. We, we, yeah. 
bleh, bleh, bleh. Uh, we rely on a lot of volunteer labor for those sorts of things, and those are our friends, and we're asking them a favor. Yeah, but, but our ask is like, can you have? Can we? Can you give us four hours? And we'll buy you beer. And can you just come and hang out in the Fringe Club? And like, your job is really low key. Like, we're not asking you to like scrub labels off beer bottles and do lots of crazy awful. Although we were asking them to clean up broken glass. Yeah, they loved it though. Like, they were so into it. Also, like, just for reference, like, all of these people are my friends who I asked to be on this panel, and I'm paying them (laughs) drinks tonight. Like, (laughs) hey yo. The uh, the, uh, days to beers ratio. Yeah, it's the days to beers ratio. You have to do this for an hour. Yeah, <laughs> but I think people are will- are more willing to say yes to a free or an unpaid gig if you are also unpaid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I think uh, you know if you're if you have a full time job somewhere. If yeah. I have a full time job at the theater center and I ask you to come in and do something for me at the theater center, it would be completely unethical of me to ask Pip to do it for free. I have offered to do so many <laughs> things for free for the theater center and, and they like, turn me can't, down can't. every yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to work for free, Pip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give this away. <laughs> oh, dear. New question. <laughs> so nothing about revenue models then. That's that's we're just um, nothing about. Oh that. man, you actually oh, asked a question. Oh right, that question. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So when we produce our own work, mm-hmm. uh, we don't make money. We lose money, but we lose the money sometimes. Uh, once we broke, well, once we made a little bit of money, we made a little money on flip the table. Flip the flip the table was not an entirely financial failure. Um, <laughs> that's crazy because you broke a lot of things. Yeah. Like that's a lot of stuff. It to was destroy. expensive. It was yeah. very expensive. Creative success. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, but for example, we did the portrait studio this past year at the Fringe, and we lost a bit of money because it was a very expensive thing to do. Quite. But we made sure to split the loss evenly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Like basically, what we did is Rebecca added up her receipts, and I added up my receipts, and then we took what was left of the money and like made sure that each of us lost like two hundred dollars. Or like four hundred dollars, or well, Becca. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) I don't feel like sharing our financials, but you know what I mean. Um, Yeah, we just make sure that we always make the same amount, whether it's nothing, whether we're losing money, breaking or positive. Yeah. 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 That's what's important. As long as the gains and losses are are equal, and Mm. that's that's kind of the way that the profit shares have always worked, and that was always the selling point: is everyone's agreeing to do this project that they may or may not make money on and it could be right. a lot of money it could be no money but as long as it's all split up equally and you're all aware of what the budget is and you're all communicating the budgets are usually open and that's a big yeah. selling point oh, yeah. it's like yeah. I, I will profit share this but if you want to go and see the budget yeah. then you can but where it starts to get messy for our model is when like I never when I started Bruhaha I didn't ever used to take a cut as producer or as a writer I wouldn't there were no royalties so I was just paid as a member of the profit share mm-hmm. which meant that I was doing a lot of other jobs and yeah. being paid for one which now cuz I'm doing less restaurant work except for tonight <laughs> I, I have to take more which is you have to then kind of be up front so it's a, a sure. designer who comes in two days you say are you comfortable with taking a half share mm-hmm. because the actors are taking mm-hmm. 6 weeks off their restaurant jobs to do Definitely. this so like we on average are like profit share is 3 to 800 bucks right. for a, for a very well sold yeah. 3 week run for sure, <laughs> right for which sure. is super depressing Yes. yes. <laughs> well, I was about to ask about hierarchy in, in reference to, I mean, revenue models and profit sharing, because it sounds like if you're a GM whose sort of natural enemy is the AD, 
and you work oh. with that. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I, I th- that's, that's unfortunate when that happens. That actually should be the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, Franco and I at the theater center are very much partners in everything we do. And in fact, in some cases, he's saying, are you sure we can afford it? And I'm like, we have to do it. It's such good art <laughs> yeah. or whatever it is. Uh, and I, that's the ideal, I mm. think. I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I can't speak to mm-hmm. other theaters. But yeah, so the natural em- enemies thing. Uh, no, I won't have it. Right. Good. Good. Uh, but that goes re- to like redacted. redacted. <laughs> but in those really like in those relationships, those power relationships, speaking out like on a panel about friends, it's so convenient if those people can become your friends or mm-hmm. or you can make them your friends somehow. Especially when you have to work so mm-hmm. closely together with large, large, larger sums yeah. of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why I feel like so many of us aim to hire and cast and work with people mm-hmm. that complement ourselves. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a thing. Well, in that sense, then maybe, I mean, the smaller show is a better model. Like, if you're a producer, playwright, and, you know, by default, um, a writer and, and all kinds of other things, uh, do you find it easier to hire your friends to fill roles, or do you find it high, easier to get, you know... Um, somebody you may not have worked with before on a sort of more professional basis to fill those roles because it's easier to have those boundaries. I think it depends what you want. Right. Like, if I if I want a set designer that is different from what I normally work with, mm. I will meet with set designers and choose the one that is most likely to be able to do it, right. work on our budget, and also that you click with because especially... When working with the amounts of money that we work with, that you can't—it's just not worth it to fight with someone. For sure. Like, like in the at at this level, fighting over a hundred bucks is not worth it anyone's time. (laughs) Which which happens. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hmm. But do you find it easier to bring in uh, more casual acquaintances to fill specific roles for a specific amount of profit share or dollars, or, or is that a more friend-based thing? Um. There absolutely is something to be said for finding people with whom you don't have that kind of really close relationship because it is a little bit easier to be... You don't want to give them as... You want every, you want to give everyone as much as you obvious, like, obviously possibly can. Mm-hmm. But um, that, I think that there just isn't a sense of obligation, right. to be honest with you. Like, I don't feel like you did me all these favors in the past or you and I have had this long friendship. Um, one of the things that I find really interesting that has happened to me recently is that recently I have gained something of a reputation of being a person who you just get in touch with when you need a job, when you need a place to be. And I'm like a one-woman job board. And I'm just like, do you need a stage manager? Let me just find you, like, six stage managers. Anyway, sorry, banging on the table. Um, uh, and I had a friend recently who got in touch with me and was like, oh, uh, Pip, I want to start doing some crew work because I'm an actor and I just am not getting a lot of jobs right now. You know, it's a, it's a bit of an oversaturated market. He's like, I'd love to start doing some crew work. And I was like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. Like, I yeah. can't, I can't do that for Are you. Are you like, any good at it? <laughs> well, the thing is, like, you, I, I was like, Eric, I know you. Like, you don't have any, you don't necessarily have the skills that I need. And like, yes, it's great to be good at lifting things. But if you don't know what the thing is I just asked you to lift, yeah. you can't find it and bring it to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, if I'm going like, uh, I just need this whole stack of two by four moved inside. And then I walk away and you're going like. What's a two by four? 
then it's not it's it's just not really useful to me like a strong back and good legs is great to a certain extent but it, it won't get you everywhere yes, it is. Right. <laughs> okay that's okay cat bring it back i know it's at 18 plus <laughs> anyway. fantastic uh, what if what if your friend hates your idea what if you bring in a friend and you just like you mm. thought you were going to be great friends or and it just didn't happen they just full stop it's it's an artistic conflict, or you, it's a, a friend conflict. You're saying your friend doesn't like your artistic idea. Yeah, artistic ideas. Let's start there. Um, <laughs> that's that's tough. <laughs> I think, yeah, that, it's, that's a that's a really hard Maybe thing to get around. <laughs> I think I think a, a lot of it depends on on what position you're both in. Because if you're in a, a supervising position, or in there in a supervising position, and you're their friend, you kind of sometimes have to give to the supervisor or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And sometimes it's not worth... It's not worth holding on to a, a single artistic belief in, and ruin a friendship in the mm-hmm. process. Sometimes you just have to take a chance on their idea. Right. All right, well, as a carpenter... As a, oh, If you yeah. have a method... Because I, <laughs> yeah. I've, I bump into yeah. this fairly often. If you have yeah. a, a methodological difference... Yeah. Whereby, like, like and, I'm going to do it and, this way so it stays up. And we, we're having... We're having a, <laughs> We're having a big safety, a big safety, uh, a big safety fight. Yeah, um, it's it's hard not to hardline that. Yeah, and and say you know what, you can continue to do your thing, but I'm going to do it the way that I said, and then and then we can we can talk about that later. Has that ever, has, that's <laughs> totally happened yeah. before. Cause, cause has it ever gone wrong for you? Like, have you ever caught? caught something for that because no, I well, certainly have <laughs> I've, had, I've had arguments but nothing that could be that couldn't be settled over over a beer or two because at the end of the day you no, want the same thing you want the same thing and and especially when it comes to safety nobody wants to see somebody get hurt so mm. when it's an argument about safety it's it's a pretty clear one yeah when we were doing cockfight uh, I was like, I want to have a giant bonfire in the middle of the storefront. Yeah. And Chris was our PM, and he said no. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm, I'm the director, so so we had yeah. a tiny fire in a bucket, and it was great because we both wanted there to be a fire. It wasn't safe. Yeah, for the record, at there's all. nothing legal about that. It was whatsoever. not legal, yeah. no. but it, it was looked, a fire extinguisher. It looked great, <laughs> yeah. and everyone got what they wanted. But you just try to surround yourself with people that will call you on your bullshit. Obviously, we couldn't have had a yeah. bonfire. Like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> but, yeah, Awful. The Bellows does not advocate anything she's saying. No, <laughs> no fires. Yeah. But, but Don't do fires. You, you Don't have no fires. Choose people that yeah. are going to tell you when you're being stupid, yeah. and hopefully you trust them. For sure. Yeah. That's a I don't know thing how to it do. is at the yeah. store, yeah. Yeah. It's a friend thing to do to say, hey, you're going to hurt yourself. Or that's yeah. a terrible I, yeah. That's yeah. terrible. I, I, I or can't, if you I can't sleep in a you. tent for two weeks in a parking lot. I don't think very safe. But why? <laughs> I know you're going to bring your own hammock, but maybe. maybe we shouldn't have a sleepover in the French club. But why? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I have to say, we if if we ha- if one of us has an idea that the other is totally not on board with, we table it and move on. Like, mm-hmm. We have to mm-hmm. both be fully committed to a project before right. we'll really move forward with it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we actually get like, sometimes we get to like a quite an advanced stage with a project. Like, um, what are we back the, at? The one where we <laughs> did interviews with people 
I took their wallets. And oh, the, yeah. Sorry, I'm we snapping. Had to, um, we had to completely revisit that idea. And then eventually I came back around to it. and we. But even then we didn't do it. We've never done it. And I don't think we ever yeah, will do it. We had, we had a, it was called Pop Quiz. Pop we Quiz. Gonna, we were going to do something where we brought people up on stage and used like the contents of their pockets and wallets to initiate conversation and interview them about themselves. <laughs> um, but the context of the original idea, I was very uncomfortable with because I knew I would hate to be that person. I have zero stranger danger, so I'm like in, all in. Yeah. <laughs> and so we fundamentally disagreed on the project where I was like, I would hate to be that person. I don't think this is the right audience for it. Mm-hmm. I think we were going to propose it for summer work yeah. or something. Next uh, stage. Uh, and then we eventually came around to it and we did propose it for next stage. Oh, yeah, we just didn't get picked up right. Um, because for some reason I was all of a sudden like, oh, it's going to be in the cabaret or in the like little bar space at factory. Yeah. I'm totally comfortable with this now because that's a safe space. And I will never understand why she thinks that, but I totally respect it. I came around to it because I was like next stage audiences. I will talk to you as a stranger and I will. Oh, buddy. I I am inclined to agree. So you're just describing stealing people's wallets. But it was my hack. It was all going to be consensual. Sensual, and there was going to be a safe word where well, you could talk. We were going to talk to you about it. <laughs> but anyways, like we've had projects like that where I've been like, I would never do that. And even though, mm-hmm. and then eventually came around to like, actually, maybe this in this context, it could be okay. So like nothing is ever forever off the table, but if we aren't on board with it, it's gone for oh, now. Something we got rid of, but I can't remember what it was. I'm sure there was. I forgot it. <laughs> Isn't it ever gone wrong for either of you or anybody at the table? Like, is it ever just like, is there any, what I'm asking is, Mm -hmm. between the two of you friends, is there any deep secret resentment that we can have boil over here (laughs) right now? I think is what I'm actually asking. I mean, we got the chance to really act in on that because we did pie in the face twice. (laughs) And we'll do it again. yeah. We yeah. love pie in the Pip face. Pip got to pie me in the face, so she was mad at me. I'm really hoping that that was a chance to expunge that resentment. <laughs> oh, no, pop quiz happened after that. Oh, okay. So yeah. we have to do pie in the face One again to get face. it out Fair of enough. our system. Awesome. Yeah. You know where the game changes, I find, with pals is remounts. It's like the first time it's one thing and everyone's really excited to get it up and it doesn't matter what you make and we love each other. And the second time they're like, oh, is there money now? Cool. Yeah. Here are my new conditions. And then, like, me too. It's, but not like, yeah. no one's a real dick about it, but it is, when you've done something once to success, the second yeah. time, the, the relationships change a little mm-hmm. bit. I, and I think that I've been wondering this, well, uh, since the, we started this conversation, is uh, the difference between passion projects and money slash yeah. job yeah. Uh, totally. projects. And, um, and going back to that question of uh, artistic differences and whether you should say yes or whether you should ask a person, if it's a passion project, like bring the right people on board and the right people are who are other people who are also passionate mm-hmm. about the project. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you identify yourself early on as actually not so passionate in the project, you should, you know, carefully extract yourself mm-hmm. uh, or be willing to be an outside eye, for instance. But um, yeah, that I think once. Uh, yeah, I, I, I see the same thing. Mm-hmm. I see the same thing as well. If um, if something does really well and it's picked up or uh, it really does change the, the dynamic or can yeah. Mm-hmm. Change the dynamics. Um, but I think that goes back to, well, there is some money now, and so the relationships yeah. are bound to change. They should. But yeah, they should. Yeah. But it, it can be it can be a bit of a heartbreak to go from something that felt uh, we're all in this together to now uh, it's um, uh, you have hired guns on a project. Right. It is it mm-hmm. even though even if you have the money to do it, 
it, it is a bit heartbreaking for that relationship to change in that way, but it's going to, and it's mm -hmm. good. It's something to know in advance mm -hmm. and approach the remount with that knowledge. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've, it's, I'm not, uh, this is my, more of my, um, pre theater center, mm -hmm. um, you know, freelance producing, what have you, when I've seen projects change in form, mm -hmm. um, it, yeah, mm -hmm. it can be a bit heartbreaking <laughs> to think, oh, we're not still all in this together. We're right. all in it for the job. Yeah. Right, right, right. Does yeah, that yeah. just boil down to just success changes the name of the game or just money. the added money, basically? Yeah, yeah. Money. yeah. especially yeah. money. Some of the most disappointing moments, um, well, I have been instances where I helped a friend on a show uh, and then when they finally got some money to remount it, they hired a real designer. Mm. Oh. That's dirty. Yeah, and that's the sort of thing where you're like, I... I understand that now this isn't about both of us. It's about you. Yeah. So I, it, it hasn't happened to me very often, but occasionally mm -hmm. that'll happen. And you have to sort of reevaluate how that relationship was working and what mm -hmm. you were giving to the project versus what they were getting out of the project. Right. I find, too, there's a difference with, with friends who work very often and have work with money and then friends mm -hmm. who come and, and, and the ones that come and then work with you on whatever. If you're doing a project with less money, mm -hmm. they're more used to a certain set of standards and, like, we rehearse and like dirty murder basements <laughs> people are like what is this and we're like this is your rehearsal space enjoy <laughs> yeah. so and then like no again no one's a huge dick about it but it is a it is a, a shift in your mind space yeah. well yeah i mean working with designers who are mm -hmm. accustomed to um having a teams of people to do the thing where their job is to design the thing and someone else will source the materials and build it or make yeah. it or sew it mm -hmm. or what have you uh, to come in on a more indie level project where there's one person in charge of costumes. There's one person, and that's you to design it and, and make, make it, it appear mm -hmm. in the room. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, that can be quite a shock. Uh, that can be quite a shock. Uh, for sure. Do you think it's easier for people to upscale or downscale in that, in that way? Like, because we're just saying um, success changes the game. I, I think it's, uh, from my perspective, it's easier to upscale. Uh, going from freelance producing to producing, I did produced for two Luminados, uh, where I was going from producing, you know, shows that had $30,000 budgets to, uh, I did one Luminado year where I was producing eight shows, one of which was a million dollar show. I was going to say 30,000 isn't that much. Yeah, <laughs> well, 30,000, yeah, but with then going to a million dollar show plus seven <laughs> other shows. Um, yeah. Uh, and also in that case, uh, not having to be responsible for the revenue yeah. lines, it, uh, like blew my mind. Was like, what awesome. do you mean? I don't have to worry. Yeah. But uh, where one line item on a budget um, was equal or greater than equal to or greater than uh, the indie show, like the contingency line <laughs> is the is the indie indie yeah, show. One other show. But I, for me, it was like, oh, I'm just adding zeros. I'm just right. I'm just adding zeros and oh what do you mean there's a department to do all of that work that I normally did all by myself. Right. Um but I think if you get used to that if that's your starting point uh to suddenly then be responsible to the point of like as a producer for instance oh if so if I don't make a house program there's no house program yeah. uh can <laughs> blow your mind and you end up making house programs at three o'clock in the morning the day before opening. I'm a really good folder of programs yeah. for that yeah. reason. I yeah, have, totally. I have, I have one of those special <laughs> long staplers to staple. The, I, I own it for that reason. Amazing. Three o'clock in the morning, stapling centers of programs. Yeah, fantastic. I think that I think that's harder. I really yeah. do. I think it's harder. Huh. Do you do you miss the the excitement more, or do you miss the money more when you when you move those 
those levels? Like, would you rather be working just tiny little bits with your friends, or I mean, you know, living expenses aside? I I um I actually had I struggled a bit with Luminato um, in that uh, less so my sec more so my second year uh, my first year um, I was more involved in like I actually had to re-piece. Uh, there was one of the shows that I was working on had only ever been done once uh, by a number of different people in the States. And so bring, doing it here in Toronto meant a lot of reassembly, but also finding a whole bunch of aspects in Toronto and rebuilding the show. What, whereas often it can be bring the show in, put the show up, take the show down, send, send the show away. Uh, I actually struggled a lot my second year doing even though I was working with Pina Bausch Dance Company, which was a thrill, mm-hmm. mostly a thrill because I got to sit in on the dress rehearsal and what have you. And um, uh, <clears throat> But that show opened the year I was born. So it's been around. It knows how deal. to do itself. Yeah. Um, and so it, I actually... It was act- I actually struggled a lot for six months producing for Luminato, where I actually didn't feel uh, invested in the quality of the work or how it was coming together. And I was uh, longing for my indie freelance producer days of being there from day one, of whether it's uh, day one of the idea or day one of the read or whatever, that right. uh, to have your hands be filthy in the work. Mm-hmm. I missed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it can ever it just be about the money. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing art. Like we'd be making millions of dollars doing any other industry at the the that? local yeah. business factory or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> say <laughs> that that's. Do you wear the local business suit as well? Yeah. <laughs> Not everyone can be an industrial solicitor. With metal parts. Yeah. Not everyone can be an industrialist. No, I mean, like, because I, my own experience with that is, like, I do one lighting design a year. It's for puppet mongers, and I love them to death. And it's brilliant. And I love lighting design, legitimately, but I don't think I could actually do it professionally. You're because Dora nominated. I am, whatever. Like, <laughs> I, I, You're a very good designer. <laughs> but, but I don't think I could do it professionally because I... everyone's a lighting designer? Well, I, yeah, everybody's a lighting designer, but obviously, but also, like... It's too much fun. Like it's, it, and it's only fun if I get to play around. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's too much fun, so you can't do it. Because if I did it as a job, yes. then I'd have to take gigs that I yeah. don't want to do. Right? Yeah. Okay. Whereas okay. it's slightly different at being a carpenter. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like most of the time, it's that's a set, chop, 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 done, yeah. and send it out the door, and it's great, and I had a great time, and I love building stuff. But, and then if I'm lucky, I get to build a piece of furniture that does a trick, or X, Y, and Z. Um, but it's it's a more sustainable like zone for me to be in where I can mm. sometimes it's just a bunch of flats and I can crank it out and don't care and that's kind of great. But enough of the time there is yeah enough of the time there's on one or two pieces where I really I actually turn the switch and get to be a human being looking at a challenge. Yeah. Is the dream just to be able to work with your good friends all the time doing exactly what you love? That's the dream, right? That's yeah. Yeah. That's what we want. But would it still be the dream if we couldn't ever have it? Like, if we just did that, would I be like, oh, God, I hate Dean. I don't ever want to work with him again. <laughs> like, well, then we would only work with people we had already encountered before. Yeah. 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 And that's very disappointing to think of. True. Yeah. And then, like, as we were talking about earlier, I think that then your whole life would become your work. 
Like, all of your friendships would be so, like, you would just, like, let your work take over your entire life, and you would never have that, like, those moments. Is that not (laughs) So so maybe that is how I live. That's how we all live. But do you find that I, like, I find I work mostly with friends vetted by friends. So Dean used to to do all of my tech, and then he was like, I can't do this show, but Lindsay could do it. And then Julian, and now I work with them. And then one day, one day, I'm like, I don't like you anymore. I'll be like, who's your friends? <laughs> That's why cats here. Yeah. <laughs> Harvesting. Bring, bring on the friends. Because yeah. <laughs> then I don't have to meet them. I already yeah. know someone I like that I respect, respect and like Amazing. them. Mm-hmm. Is that the? That's the dream. Yeah. You know what the dream to is. always Although, have someone at least vouched for. Yeah. 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 A pedigree. Yeah. yeah. This That's is just. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I know where you came from. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of what sure. the Bellows is founded on. Just, just saying. Yeah, I mean, this has arced its way to a natural, beautiful conclusion. Yeah. So, um, what do we all do now that we've reached the mountaintop? Are we there? Yeah. Oh, oh shit. We're, the we're here. Yeah. Oh, God. Wait. Yeah, this stage and. The people yeah. are working with them. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so, what do you do now? What was next? What's next? Now you just get to work with your friends all the time, doing what you love. You don't. You can't. You can't. You just can't do it. I don't think you I don't have think that. So. You think My friends don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the dream. Sorry, Becca. Yeah. <laughs> but the the going away and working on shit that you don't like with people that maybe aren't your friends makes the times that you get to work with your friends mm-hmm. and you gel and you have that beautiful like working on a passion project, finishing each other's sentences, watching birthing something from an idea to production mm-hmm. to whatever that makes those moments the more beautiful. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to do at least like two garbage projects a season <laughs> to be able to really appreciate how good you've got it. <laughs> Only two. <laughs> they don't have to be garbage because they make you miserable, but they can be at least like, this is stupid. I don't care. I, I'm, yeah, no, I'm going to disagree with that. I think the goal is to never do, say yes. To, the goal is to get to a point where you never have to say yes to a thing you don't want to do. Right. Uh, which was, I was so lucky to get to that point as a freelance producer that I was able to say no to, like, I could read a script and go, the script will do well. Uh, you should do the script, uh, but don't hire me to produce it because I'm not interested, mm-hmm. uh, which is a lo- like a nice place to get to. Uh, but I think the, the, the thing that we always have to be striving towards in everything we do is the ability to take a risk. Mm-hmm. So it's, and the mm-hmm. risk is always, is generally going to be on the person that you don't know. Right. Um, so it's, it's me going to Kath's show and saying, I've never worked with that actor before I've never worked with that designer before or holy shit I've uh, never worked with that space before whatever it is and saying it's out of my comfort zone we're not friends but I think we could could be be. aww nice (laughs) quick end it yeah. <laughs> Actually, we have to take questions, questions from the floor. floor. We're never going to get better than that ending, so please, if you have questions, come are on we up. Are recording that or something? We totally <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. In so many ways we were recording that. Amazing. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. What do you guys think about being more than friends with people you work with? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so I swore that I would never I would never date anyone in the industry. And then I realized I would just never date anyone if that was if I was just gonna keep it at that. Mm-hmm. So um on December twenty so Christmas Eve of twenty thirteen, I uh married playwright Nicholas Bion. Uh, and I tweeted about it. We got married like in the, it was like 11 a.m. because it's Christmas Eve, and who wants to officiate weddings on Christmas Eve? But I knew the person, and they were willing to do it. 
on a Norm Foster set at Theater no. Orangeville. Yeah, no, he there were not. nine nine people on the stage. It was yeah, and uh, and I we were about to do Next Stage together. Uh, so it was December, and obviously Next Stage is January. And he was the playwright. Uh, it was for a play called Rifles, and he was doing an adaptation of a Bertolt Brecht play. And so I tweeted, I tweeted out a photo from our wedding on a Norm Foster set, Christmas play. Uh, I didn't want to bother with fussy contracts, so I married the playwright. <laughs> and I think Chris Abraham was like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and then suddenly saw the deluge of, oh, my God, congratulations, tweet. And he wrote back, like, wait, what? Like, that was <laughs> I thought I was joking. Uh, but the we, so we got married at 11 a.m. We went for breakfast with my family uh, and his Amazing. and family uh, at a diner. We got back to my parents' apartment, who live in Orangeville, and I said, "Okay, I need a new draft from you." <laughs> and so the afternoon that we got married, uh, he was doing a new draft of Rifles for Next Stage, um, and that's just sometimes how that works. Is uh, <laughs> Yes, that it's 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 totally doable, but you also have to be able to say we're being like a couple right now. But now uh, I need a new draft of a script from you, and uh, time's a ticking, so get on it. Um, <laughs> and it's it's again those all, all all going back to what are the expectations? What are my expectations of someone that we brought onto a project? What are the expectations uh, of the person who's saying yes to doing the project? And then striving always to meet those expectations. Um, and so though that does not change if you happen to be more than friends. I, that's, Amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just be aware of who, when you've slept with someone, if you feel like you can direct them. <laughs> well, I usually I mean, do feel that I mean, way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, hopefully. Uh, I, I met my, my current partner at work, actually. And so I think it, it, it can work really well, but it's, it's important to do the, the personal life, professional life yeah. boundaries is, is really what, what makes it happen. For sure. And sometimes that is saying that we won't work together. Like mm -hmm. if, if you if you try it and it doesn't work, then that's great that you know that, and then just never do it again. That, like that's I know that's that's how some couples work as well. Mm -hmm. It's just yeah. Yeah. never together. Like every professional romantic relationship or sexual relationship I've ever had has resulted in me not working with them. Oh really? For the duration of our relationship, generally, yeah. <laughs> I have a funny anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, my partner does not work in theater, and we are really close and awesome, and everything's great. Uh, and part of that is because he understands my job, but he is not directly involved in it at all. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's For pretty sure. great. Uh, but the the funny thing is that before I worked in theater, I did a lot of retail work. I did a lot of food service work. I waited tables. I did all kinds of fun stuff. Come on up. Uh, but uh, he got me hired at his work where we both sold cheese. We were we, we worked mongers. at a cheese shop together, and he was, was my so supervisor, That's like amazing. like a year into dating. Uh, and then a couple of years later, or the next year, I was working at a bakery, and I got him hired there, and I was training him. And we worked at another, like, we've worked together a lot. And awesome. um, I used to do front of house work for the Fringe. And I hired him as a bike courier. Mm -hmm. So, like, we, just by the fact that we don't work in theater, I, one of the things that is an indicator to me of why our relationship works is that we can say, okay, in this, today, 
I really need you to just like deliver some tickets yeah. to pass Mariah on For your sure. bike. <laughs> <laughs> They're running late. I'm sorry that the person who sent them, to, who who is going to be there, is going to yell at you. For like, sure. please just do this. <laughs> but he was getting paid. It was a job, and I wasn't the only person he was working with. So, <laughs> in that context, it's possible to work together with someone like even if it's not on a passion project for theater, you can still work in retail together and not hate each other. For sure. Please. So in the same vein, uh, how have you avoided uh, the perception of conflicts of interest when working with significant others or friends on projects? Is that even a thing we care about? Like a... Uh, it, it comes yeah. up. Uh, yes. It comes up. It, I, I've actually, I've actually never heard it come up, to be perfectly honest. I've never heard it come up. And there's been plenty of times when I've thought, and then just went, eh. Huh. Have you never worked on a project where you've been like, well, of course you hired your fucking wife? Like, have you not worked? <laughs> I think you wife hiring the husband. No, not, hey. Um, because she had a I'm thinking of a specific mind, example. Yeah, totally. uh, yeah. But, so, uh, yeah, you go, go ahead. Uh, oh. <laughs> Pip, you run the town. You should go for it. Oh my god. Wow. Well, what I was going to say is that I think that the reason that Kevin, Kevin doesn't feel like that comes up a lot for him is I think that it comes up a lot more uh, creatively, and you tend to work very much more, like more production related stuff. And so at that point, you kind of like, you can hack it or you can't. Right. Whereas, you know what I mean? Like, either you know how to hang a light and focus it, or you don't. Right. Um, and so it's a lot harder to, to get people hired, although not impossible. Mm. <laughs> not impossible. Um, whereas I feel like when we're talking about, like, when you are working creatively with people, it's a lot easier to end up in situations where you're like, oh, my God, of course I have right. to do this again. Mm-hmm. Like, of course I have to work again with this person who I don't think is very good or very interesting because, of course, like, whoever XYZ right. gets to hire their buddy. <laughs> It happens a lot with casting. Yeah, when I like right. because we uh, our our model is ridiculous and we do things super fast at Bruhaha. So people say why why didn't you hold auditions? And I get I get tons of Facebook submissions, like mm-hmm. not even when we're not even doing shows. Like people will just send me resumes and headshots, which is awesome and I love them. But I I'm not looking at them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I love Aww. to get them, but it's it's and people are like, well, why are you hiring the same people? And I say, well, it's because if I write something in a week and I have to stage it a week after, I can put it in these people's hands and know they'll say it exactly the way that I need to. Right. Yeah. Well, and I know Nicholas often will write with a particular actor in mind, and it's not yeah. necessarily someone he's he's always worked with before. Mm. He's written for people he's not ever ever actually worked with before. Mm. Um, I uh, I have never. I mean, in terms of uh, Nicholas specifically, we've only ever worked together um, on in an indie context. Um, so I've never really been in a as a GM of a of the theater center. Never really been in that in that scenario, and I don't foresee it either. He's such a script based artist, uh, whereas the theater center, in terms of residency and and who comes into residency, it tends to be more. Uh, you need a space in which to create is, is the kind of mm-hmm. uh, yeah. is, tends to be the, the artists that work there. Um, I, I think uh, it's certainly conflict of interest is, is something that does come up that the question of does that come up? I think mm-hmm. it does. I think it comes up um, I think it actually comes up quietly across the country when you see artistic directors uh, of companies regularly uh, programming plays by their significant other 
um, like every season there's right. a play by the the playwright they happen to be married to or what mm -hmm. have you. Um, and I think it's a question absolutely worth asking. And I think if you make a decision that looks like that, you better be damn well able to articulate yeah. why you have programmed that right. particular thing. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, there's so little money that none of us are there in it yeah. for the cushy job yeah. that we might be able to get from yeah, I think our... That was but it's, my experience with but I but I think we always um, for the same reason because there's so little to go around yeah. uh, always uh, have those ethics in mind when we're when we're making those decisions sure. but the short answer is like if we do that because we do want to work with our friends yeah. if you want to work with someone else show them why you're better or mm -hmm. can work alongside mm -hmm. of their friends yeah. right. and mm -hmm. it's hard it's hard to find the is opportunity is there a hard line between just the milder forms of nepotism and co conflict of interest? Is that is there a hard line anywhere, or is it just... Yeah, as long as your friend or significant other is good, it's, yeah. I think it's right. a lot less like of a problem. Like, Soul Pepper is a bunch of friends <laughs> yeah. working together on shows again well, and again. That was, yeah. how it was found, yeah. that was how it was founded. I think it's the, the, the danger is when, you know, there are, again, there are so few opportunities that by doing this thing over and over and over again that you are are stopping that opportunity from being available to other people mm. right. but again with with brouhaha and the the speed at which you work and and the and the nature and that there's no money in it uh, and that everything is so quick and dirty you need to be able to instantly grab the people you can rely but, on right. like mm -hmm. with mustard we saw a lot of brouhaha people for it and yeah. I, it wasn't my decision because I'm not directing yeah so who is directing Ashley Kirkman oh yeah, yeah. But so, so there's no one from our crew involved in that show, and it's the next level up. And so, like, no one's like, I'm grumpy. But there's the, there's the desire, like, we would have loved to be seen for this. Yeah. And I was like, well, mm -hmm. that, that, wasn't, that wasn't totally my call. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. Which must be difficult, so I imagine It's difficult, difficult, but, yeah. like, I'm not sad. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. It's the practical yeah. realities yeah. of life. Yeah. You've gotten to make new friends. Yeah, and, there, and everyone, and it's, it's, I'm working with an entire a cast of people I've never worked with, and they're all amazing. Right. Well, maybe yeah. we can just continue that path very briefly. Uh, has there ever been a spot where you've wanted to hire your friends and couldn't for whatever reason? Oh. And how did it go? <laughs> I often have someone in mind for a contract when I'm in a position to be able to recommend someone. Yeah. But it's not often, it's not always appropriate to make the recommendation. Mm. Mm. It's often you. But, <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> no, but... So I'm not going to recommend you to design a set for a show that you wouldn't be interested in oh, working on. But I can't do a set. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> not me. No, you could pull it off. But um, I've been in a position before where I've been asked uh, to assemble a team. Um, right. And I'm like, oh, my God, who are my Avengers? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who and do I want? And you have to spend some time picking the montage music. And yeah, exactly. Stuff. But uh, ultimately, either it's not a good idea to work with people I know on that project, or by the time I get to like, oh, actually, this person, this, like, I'm probably not the only person being asked to recommend people, so probably right. someone else will get to hire their friend first. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. I think with uh, because I continue to work on projects, uh, maybe like one a year while I'm jamming the theater center, I need to keep my hands in other things from time to time. Uh, and sometimes those things happen at the theater center. Mm -hmm. um, if I ever feel we're getting into conflict of interest where it makes sense for me as the GM of an organization saying, yes, you can do that in our building, uh, that is benefits me as the indie producer on the right. thing, mm -hmm. I will take it to Franco and say, 
I think the ethics of this uh, means that you need to look at this and make the decision. Right. Full disclosure uh, is helpful yeah. on that point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's, that's the way totally. to do it. Yeah. Question? Um, hello, everyone. Hi. <laughs> uh, I was just wondering how you feel about uh, being responsible vouching for friends. And I, I know that this is something that often comes up in indie and professional theater where, you know, and Pip, you mentioned it earlier about people coming to you and saying, oh, I'm, I'm looking for this or I want this, you know, and oh, I just yeah. uh, want to get a larger perspective on that. I think vouching for friends can be as hard or sometimes if not harder than working for friends because a vouch stakes your reputation. Totally. It's yeah, yeah. it's yeah. your judgment <laughs> that's on that. that's on the line. Well, it's interesting cuz I think the word vouch for implies that there's some deficiency there. Like if I if because my policy is generally like if I'm a reference on a resume, mm -hmm. it is complete honesty. Because there's just no other way to go in that in that sense, right? Like if, because my reputation, like you said, is on the line as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, I don't know. And whenever I've been asked to vouch for somebody, it's because there's suspicion there. <laughs> Whereas if I'm recommending somebody, yeah, totally, this person's uh, totally qualified. Yeah, maybe that's I, just a yeah. I don't know that that's, point, I don't think but. that that negativity is necessarily implied. I think sometimes I'll get a phone call that says, "I saw you work with so and so on the last right. project. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What, what was your experience like?" And I will tell them exactly what that experience was like. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. And even if I'm saying I think you should hire that person, I will say I think you should. Hi it, it, sometimes it's a blanket, absolutely. Yeah. Hire that person. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's hire that person and be aware of this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, but I I'm I will never uh, vouch for. I will never tell someone to hire someone that they that I have qualms about unless yeah. I'm going to state those qualms. Mm -hmm. I just won't Not even it. as an act of sabotage because you don't like that person. It's not right? efficient. <laughs> yeah, it's not efficient. That would be no, unprofessional. If you had a bad experience with someone, I, like I, in, in the nicest way possible, I think it's important to say this didn't go well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'll be different mm -hmm. for you. I, I highly encourage that you meet with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's mm -hmm. like... Yeah, honesty and that kind of thing is so important. Like whenever someone asks me to be a reference on their resume, I have had people, and I've had people like at the end of a at the end of a show, say we were like a crew person and I are thrown together for the length of a show, and at the end of the show they come up to me and they're like, "Hey, I hear that you're a production manager, you freelance, I want to be on your call list." And there have been times when I've had to be like, "You can give me your information, I won't call you," and I always tell them why. Right. I'm always like, "This is what happened. This is why I feel like that." I really encourage you to get in touch with me again in a year or so, like if it's a thing that I think you can fix. Uh, there are certain things that if if they happen to me, I will never recommend that person ever again. Mm -hmm. If you are sexist, if you are racist, if you are homophobic, if you drink on the job, do drugs on the job, I will never, ever, doesn't matter what the context was, doesn't matter if you were 18, doesn't matter if you're 85. It doesn't matter if we thought we were best friends before. Yeah. Right. I, and that has happened. Uh, and I, I'm like, I will never, and, and usually I will just be flat out honest with you. Um, if someone approaches me and asks for a recommendation, usually I won't necessarily say exactly why I don't like them, but I will, I will make it clear that I don't. <laughs> that I don't. And I'm really lucky that yeah. that doesn't happen a whole heck of a lot. Totally. Uh, but it is. It's super important to be frank about those kind of things. And I think it's super important to be frank about those kind of things with your friends. Mm -hmm. Like, and let them know what they're doing. I mean, a lot of times... When we, we were doing auditions mm. for a show, yeah. and afterwards, and we didn't do it in the moment, and I kind of wish we had, but we had a lot of people who came in and auditioned, and I just wanted to be like, I don't, like, we were auditioning for a kid's show, and someone came in and referenced child abuse in the interview portion, and said that they used to want to hit kids, and I was like, well, I'm never, ever going to hire you to be in a show for children. Although, thank you for your honesty. Why yeah. did they say I, I don't know why they, they said that. They I think they thought they were making a joke, no, and they, I, yeah. 
Yeah, it was an attempt at a joke, and it did not land because it was not a good joke. Because it was <laughs> not the worst joke. joke you could make. Yeah. And I've always kind of felt guilty that we did not like get in touch with some of those people to be like, like, hey, what's going on? Hey, if it's not clear, I do a lot of mentoring. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel a real burden to teach people about their problems. Yeah, I, I'm surprisingly often asked to recommend people, especially for crew work, and mm-hmm. um, I'm totally comfortable making recommendations um, and I'm really happy to be able to pass work along to people. It's the best part of being a production manager is being able to hire people that you think deserve a job. Totally. The place, um, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, you're not done. No, no. I'm sorry. I, I'm That's not a good spot to end. Thing. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that the, the place where I find it gets really messy is actors because you're, 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 the way that you see someone's acting or the way that mm. they worked with you on a project is very different from yeah. the way someone else might treat their room mm-hmm. or treat their directing process or their dramaturgy mm. process or whatever. So is that I just find a question of it more being about personality in, the, in that? In personality, a, but uh, also rehearsal process, how, how the director chooses to work. Right. So right, like right. we're very collaborative and we're very on our feet and you have to think really fast and everything right. changes and some actors mm-hmm. really don't enjoy that. I would so be I, just a puddle of tears on the ground. Yeah, yeah. some, some yeah. people are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and, but then, and then, I ha- then I feel like I have to explain how weird my process is. So I'm like, yeah. well, if you want to like re- be really hard on people, then don't hire this person. But if right. you, but that's not really fair. Yeah. So fair it's enough. so that's why the meeting the people is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are absolutely there have often been opportunities where people will, um, where I won't recommend someone for a job just because they're not right for it, mm. or just because the job like and in fact this com- this happens a lot when I think a lot about like the work that you and I do because like we production manage independently obviously we don't production manage together but there are jobs where like you are so clearly the right production manager for the job and then there are jobs where like I am so clearly the right production and that's because we have very different styles of work mm-hmm. like Rebecca is extremely meticulous and very organized and I'm very like seat in my pants sometimes mm-hmm. I'm very quick with like immediate fixes which is not to say you're not but like you yeah, know what I mean but you're extremely good in a crisis I'm extremely good in a crisis but and that's the same for the same reason we're never in competition for the same job even though our right. skill sets yeah. overlap a great deal yeah because it's always going to be completely obvious which one of us is the right person for the job it's never a matter of one of us being better than the other I've turned down jobs and recommended you for them because I'm like yeah, I would hate too. this so much <laughs> <laughs> like I can't deal with this <laughs> like this is not going to go well yeah anybody else Come to the microphone. Ask us everything. Last call. <laughs> Scarlet's up. What is your opinion of uh, hiring your friends as assistants? Uh. Or working for your friends as assistants? Mm. So being in a position of power. Mm-hmm. A direct yeah. position of power, too. Thing? We've done that. Sort of. Have we? But more like, you're the PM, you've hired me to be like your driver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or right. like, you never hire me to be your driver. Yeah, it's because you don't drive. Oh. So is it? So is it parceling out responsibilities in an, in an equitable way? Because I totally have like I when I'm looking for assistance, and Dean won't return my calls because he's a jerk. Um, <laughs> when, it was just the one time. But uh, it's too good for um, you. It's because he's a better job than I do now. Because uh, <laughs> um, he's better. Um, there are definitely carpenters who I actually can't hire as my assistant because they're either better than me or it's just like they're just at that stage where it's not appropriate for them to be assistants. And I actually mm-hmm. find it really hard. Like, I, like even if they could use the work, I, I find it really hard to have mm-hmm. whatever, mm. like, this is my shop. I challenge you attitude. on that. Yeah? Every time I'm a PM and I need to hire a running crew, 
if I hire someone who's way smarter than me, my job is so much easier. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I always hire people that are better but than you're me hiring, you're and who deserve my job. In that, you're hiring specialists <laughs> in, that, in that way, right? Whereas I'm in some weird way hiring some kind of subordinate. Yeah. And so I find it difficult to hire a subordinate who is nominally, right. like, has no right to look up to me in any way. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like to be your subordinate, <laughs> right. I think it depends because if the, the subordinate who's really good is good at keeping power checks in place, yeah. then I think it can become very easy and very beneficial. Yeah. It's just important to remember what your position yeah. titles are well, because they that, matter yeah. sometimes. Totally, because I'll go to that person if it's like, look, we need 40 flats in a day, yeah. and there's two of us, and I know the two of us can do this, yeah. and me and somebody else cannot. Mm-hmm. Then it's, you know, I'm looking for that person. But I think that's the answer is if it's the right person for the job. Right. Yeah. yeah. Don't 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 not hire that person to be an assistant just because they're a friend. If they are the if if you if their skill set and their temperament like match that job, mm-hmm. ask them. And then the worst thing that can happen is they say no. Right. But I wouldn't let the friend factor stop you. Fair enough. I think I think weirdly, um, because of the nature of the way that I work, I tend to require assistants who are a lot more independent mm. and so we don't come into this, like, I mean I'm thinking specifically of JP who I had as my assistant for summer works last year where I just was like JP I just need you to go downstairs and do this thing and let me tell you if ever I had the money and the ability to just hire JP to be my assistant for the rest of my life I would because all I had to do was be like JP <laughs> and he would just go and do whatever had to happen he was he's magical that's awesome he's a unicorn well yeah everybody um, needs a thing to her and the thing is like we've become very good friends in part because we work so well together yeah uh, in, a, in, a, in that kind of assisting yeah. capability but I mean it's because I can trust him to do things independently by himself mm-hmm. Cool. Not because I actually need him to be like following me around and be like, for yes, sure. ma'am, no, yeah, ma'am, yeah. coffee, ma'am. So right person for the job, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's very yeah. much right person for the job. Awesome. Anybody else? We're good. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. And that was our special presentation of The Bellows, Friendship is Magic. The music for this podcast is by Vern Good with voiceover by Gabriel Cropley. Please go to iTunes and give us a review. It'll help get the word out about this podcast and share the history of theater design in Canada. And you can follow us on Twitter at thetitleblockca and on facebook.com forward slash thetitleblockpodcast. You can send comments and requests by email to thetitleblock at gmail.com. And don't forget that if you like this show, support us on patreon.com. I'm Michael Cruz, and we'll see you next time on The Bellows and The Title Block. 